Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 20th of August. There's good news for all those who've been following India's mission to the moon. Today, the Chandrayaan-2 completed its trickiest operation by successfully maneuvering into the lunar orbit nearly after 30 days of space travel. The mission was like walking on eggshells for scientists at ISRO since the approach velocity of the spacecraft had to be just right and the altitude over the moon precise. A higher than expected approach velocity would have bounced the spacecraft off into deep space while a slow approach would have allowed the moon's gravity to pull Chandrayaan-2 making it crash on the lunar surface. It is no wonder that ISRO chairman K7 while talking to reporters said and I quote our hearts almost stopped for 30 minutes till the job was done, unquote. Chandrayaan-2 had lifted off from Sriharikota in Andhra Pradesh on July 22nd. The liftoff was successful in its second attempt, a week after it was aborted just an hour before its launch due to a technical glitch. While a series of orbit maneuvers are yet to be performed, the mission stands out because it cost the Indian taxpayers just a fraction of what other countries have spent on similar expeditions. If successful, the mission will make India the fourth country to soft land a rover on the lunar surface after Russia, US and China. The last nation to attempt a soft landing on the moon, Israel, failed in its mission earlier this year. The National Investigation Agency is probing bribe allegations against three of its officers, including a superintendent of police. According to a complaint, they demanded rupees 2 crores from a Delhi-based businessman for not naming him in a terror funding case involving Mumbai terror attack mastermind Hafiz Saeed. The agency was investigating how funds were being sent to India to set up terror networks. One of the three officials, who was a superintendent of police, was the chief investigative officer in the 2007 Samjhota Express blast case. The other two are from the intelligence and operation wings of the agency. The NIA has transferred the officers out of the counter-terrorism agency until the matter is thoroughly examined. NIA was set up after the Mumbai terror attack case and it exclusively handles terror cases. Recently, it was given more powers after the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act was amended to name individuals as terrorists. About 85,000 employees from ordnance factories across India will be going on a month-long strike from August 20th. This is to protest against the union government's move to corporatize the factories. Three defense employee unions, in spite of their political affiliations, have taken up the issue. They claim privatization of ordnance factories will not be in the national interest. According to government officials, this step is being taken to tap resources from the market and increase the export potential of defense equipment. A spokesperson for the Defence Ministry said that corporatization of Ordnance Factory Board will bring them at par with other defence PSUs along with increasing flexibility and operational freedom. M.K. Ravindran Pillai, Vice President of All India Defence Employees Federation, responded by pointing out that any private manufacturer only looks for profit. National interest will be their last priority. Even quality assurance in the private sector will be done by third-party inspection and self-certification. He said, and I quote, it is putting the lives of our Juans and armed forces on risk. Ordnance Factory Board only works for national interest. One cannot give production of core items like missiles and other key ammunitions to a private player, unquote. 
Currently, there are 41 ordnance factories across the country that are involved in manufacturing arms, weapons, ammunition, tanks, battlefield dress, among others, for the armed forces. Ordnance Factory Board is 218 years old and is functioning under the Department of Defence Production with its headquarters based in Kolkata. While southern states of India are still dealing with the repercussions of nature's fury, heavy downpour in northern states have killed at least 38 people in the last couple of days. The Indian Air Force is carrying out rescue operations in various regions of Jammu. In Himachal, landslides continue to claim lives. Cloudbursts have wreaked havoc in a dozen villages of Uttar Kashi district in Uttar Pradesh, washing away several houses and hectares of agricultural land. Along with disrupting the lives of inhabitants of these states, untimely snowfall left around a thousand tourists stranded in the Lahol Spiti district. While some of them have been rescued, most of them are still waiting for help. Also, the 17th batch of the Kailash Mansarovar Yatra, consisting of 56 pilgrims, was called back to Dharchula base camp due to safety reasons. The water level in Yamuna has crossed the danger mark in New Delhi, due to which the national capital has been put on high alert, with Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal keeping a close look on the preparations to deal with the potential disaster. Madhya Pradesh Chief Minister Kamal Nath, whose nephew Ratul Puri, has been arrested by the Enforcement Directorate in connection with an alleged 354 crore rupees bank fraud case, said he had no connection with Puri's business. The CM said, and I quote, I have no connection with the business they are doing, but it appears to be purely a malified action. I believe and have full faith that the court will take a corrective stand in this case, unquote. Ratul Puri is a former senior executive of the now-defunct electronics firm Moza Bayer. I'm sure you remember Moza Bayer from back in the day when CDs replaced mixtapes and we'd buy packs of them to exchange songs and movies. On a serious note, Puri has been charged by the CBI on a complaint by the state-run Central Bank of India which alleged that the company had taken loans from various banks since 2009 and misused the money. Puri and four former directors are accused of forging bank documents for a 354 crore rupee swindle. Puri has also been the subject of a number of separate investigations in recent months, ranging from tax fraud to the Augusta Westland case. The chopper scam involved allegations of bribe to facilitate a 3,600 crore rupee deal for a dozen luxury helicopters for Indian VIPs in 2007. Yesterday, he was summoned by the ED in connection with the Augusta case and after a brief questioning, he was arrested for alleged bank fraud. ED had told a Delhi court yesterday that Puri has been evading investigation into a money laundering case linked to the chopper deal. Puri told the court that he was willing to join the probe into the chopper scam but requested that a non-bailable warrant put out against him to be cancelled. A 21-year-old woman in El Salvador whose baby was found dead in the toilet when she gave birth has been cleared of murder during a retrial. Evelyn Hernandez had always maintained that she was innocent, saying that she did not know when she was pregnant and lost consciousness during birth. Prosecutors had asked for a prison sentence of 40 years for her. Her case has been closely watched in El Salvador and abroad with women's rights activists calling for her acquittal. El Salvador has one of the strictest anti-abortion laws in the world. Abortion is illegal in all circumstances and those found guilty face between 2 to 8 years in jail. 
rights organizations in El Salvador say there are at least 17 other women in jail under the country's strict abortion laws. Over the last decade, campaigners have managed to free around 30 through evidence reviews. Evelyn's retrial is the first such case to be heard under the new president, Naib Bukele, who took office in June. Women's groups are hoping him to bring a more lenient stance on the issue. It was only in May last year when the Republic of Ireland, in a referendum, voted overwhelmingly to overturn the draconian abortion ban in the country by 66.4%. Approximately 25% of the world's population lives in countries with highly restrictive abortion laws, mostly in Latin America, Africa and Asia. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. Whatever you say or write, you Indians, Hindus or Muslims, you can never be our friend. Pakistan is not our friend either. We have no friends. This is what a man from Srinagar told our reporter Ayush when he went to visit a particularly desolate part of Kashmir's capital a few days ago. If there is a thing such as hope, it certainly does not exist there right now. Read Ayush's complete report titled Curfew and Curses in Srinagar's downtown area on newslaundry.com. Ground reports like these require time, money and resources. To enable Ayush and all our other reporters to bring you more such stories, stories that you want to hear, support us by subscribing to News Laundry. Go to www.newslaundry.com, click on the subscribe button on the top right corner. A monthly subscription costs less than what you would pay for a meal at a half-decent restaurant. Really. Please do it. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.